Welcome to Family Law Talk, presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm in the St. Louis metro area with offices in Missouri and Illinois. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. I am Kirk Stangy, a managing partner of Stangy Law Firm, PC. Uh, today, we've got an interesting topic on Family Law Talk. The topic is collaborative divorce versus mediation. Uh, it's an interesting topic, one that lots of folks have questions about, so we'll go into that today. But before we begin, I'll state, as I always do, that the choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements, and that the information you obtain today in this episode is general in nature and it may not apply to specific factual or legal circumstance. Therefore, if you need legal advice, you should definitely consult an attorney who's licensed and competent to practice law in your jurisdiction. All right, so on to the topic, collaborative divorce versus mediation. And this is based on an article on our webpage, FemilaHeadquarters.com, titled Key Differences Between Mediation and Collaborative Divorce. So as a follow-up to the episode, you can click on the link and read the article that relates to this topic as well. All right, so here's a topic, um, which is collaborative divorce versus mediation. Uh, and it really starts with the idea that, you know, lots of folks – who, uh, who are going through divorce, they don't want a contested proceeding. They'd like there to be an amicable result. The hope of a lot of folks is that they can uh, conclude the divorce in a way that works for the husband and in a way that works for the wife, and they can both move on with their lives with, his, uh, with, with as less of hard feelings as possible, especially in cases where their kids and the parties are going to need to continue to work together. And so lots of folks are looking for alternatives, alternatives to court proceedings. Of course, on the flip end, the difficulty in a lot of cases is that the folks have to reach an agreement in order to resolve their family law case. So in a divorce, for example, parties have to agree on uh, property and debt division. They've got to agree on child support, child custody, uh, spousal maintenance. Uh, they've got to agree on attorney fees. And the truth is any single issue can hang up a settlement uh, to divorce a family law case. So trying to get a case resolved is complicated, and I think more complicated than lots of folks really envision out of the gates. And so it takes a lot of folks uh, a period of time when they get into the nuances or the, the little details of the case to figure out that, oh, my goodness, trying to settle a divorce case or family law case is not an easy situation. And, in fact, little things like who gets to claim the kids on taxes or where exchanges take place or, or on what days of the week the exchanges take place or how does summer or holiday time work, that any one of these issues can hang up settlement and make it very difficult for parties uh, to reach a resolution to their case. And so in comes uh, mediation and collaborative divorce is a potential tool or method for lots of folks uh, to try to settle their case, uh, especially in the cases where parties figure out that, look, it's going to require some dialogue, going to uh, require some discussion, uh, some back and forth, uh, maybe some compromise, uh, some meeting in the middle in order to resolve the case. And so lots of folks confuse mediation and collaborative divorce and sort of lump these two things together uh, with the idea that they're both the same. But, of course, uh, they're not the same. Uh, they have different components and nuances to them. And the truth is mediation works great for some folks in some cases. And on the flip end, collaborative divorce uh, can work very well for some folks as well. And it's important for listeners to just know the difference between these two and trying to weigh the options and, and come to a decision about what would be best for them. So let's talk about mediation. 
uh, mediation, uh, at least in Missouri, is generally where the the husband and a wife in a divorce would sit down with the mediator. Uh, they talk about their specific situation with the mediator. Uh, oftentimes it requires multiple sessions. A lot of people have this misconception that they can meet with a mediator for a couple hours and that will resolve uh, their divorce case. Uh, maybe in some cases that's possible, uh, but the truth of the matter is it often requires multiple, multiple sessions to work through the various issues that, that uh, are out there in a divorce case. And so, again, in most cases it's the, the two parties alone with a mediator, and that's generally the way it works in Missouri. In some instances, theoretically, attorneys could be in the mediation session with the parties, but it's just not the way it's done uh, on most levels in Missouri. Uh, most of the times, it's the parties showing up with the mediator alone. Um, now, this has some definite good components, uh, and a lot of cases resolved there. The trick is this, is that the mediator cannot uh, uh, divorce the parties themselves. Some folks kind of confuse this and think that maybe the mediator can sign an order divorcing them, that the mediator takes uh, this case out of court altogether. And, of course, that's not the case. What the mediator does is is meets with the parties, tries to facilitate a discussion. Uh, they don't impose their will on the parties. Uh, instead, they just try to get a dialogue going between husband and wife to see if the folks can reach a creative resolution uh, themselves. And, and if they can... That's a fantastic thing, and what the mediator would then do is one or two things. Uh, in some instances, they'll put together uh, a letter uh, or some kind of correspondence that intimates what the settlement terms were, and if there's attorneys in the case, uh, that letter gets forwarded to the attorneys in the case, um, or it could be given to the parties. Uh, either way, uh, attorneys will still need to draft settlement paperwork uh, file it in court. In a divorce case, you still have a 30-day wait period from the date a divorce is filed, and and then in some cases, a divorce can be resolved by affidavit without the parties having to appear in court. And in some instances, just based on the judge or based on the factual scenario, the parties come in for a non-contested hearing. Uh, but the truth is, is with mediation, what you end up with in a lot of cases is three attorneys versus two. In other words, you have the mediator who's an attorney, uh, you have an attorney for husband still, and you have an attorney for wife still. And so, again, three attorneys uh, versus two attorneys uh, in a typical divorce case because a mediator cannot file the case in court. Uh, they can't appear in court on the case. Uh, they can't represent the husband. They can't represent the wife. Again, their role is to try to facilitate a settlement. Now, in some cases, the mediator does go a step further uh, versus just some sort of letter or uh, you know, correspondence that memorializes what the settlement was, and they'll draft actual settlement paperwork. But again, the settlement paperwork is then either given to the parties or it's given to the parties' attorneys. And, 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 and again, the mediator cannot file that in court, uh, cannot conclude the divorce case in court. Their role is simply that is that is of a mediator. So in a lot of cases, this works very well. Um, in some cases, it doesn't work so well where the parties uh, get hung up on some specific issues and are unable uh, to reach a settlement. So in some cases, the parties end up with three attorneys versus two, and they don't resolve the case. Um, but in, in a lot of cases, the parties do reach a settlement, and if so, uh, it, can, it can really further the goal that the parties have of an amicable divorce uh, where the parties are able to resolve their differences uh, in a way where there's not hard feelings and they can work together moving forward. 
obviously mediation can work a lot better with the parties out of the gates or fairly close to each other in terms of what they're thinking. So in cases where uh, they both agree that you know roughly equal division of assets is going to be a good thing or they both agree that joint custody uh, is workable in this specific situation, I mean, the closer the parties are uh, to you know, to having an agreement out of the gates, it can be uh, much easier. Obviously, mediation very difficult if wife wants sole custody of the kids or husband wants sole custody of the kids. Or let's say wife wants spousal support and husband in no way wants to pay any spousal support. Obviously, those are tough cases for mediation. Now, you know, in speaking with lots of mediators over time, uh, you know, mediators believe that they can help bridge gaps even in cases where there's extreme differences between the parties' um, initial goals. But obviously, it's much easier with the parties uh, or close uh, to each other on a potential settlement. Now, collaborative divorce, on the other hand, is a different process, and it's different than mediation, and uh, it is not uh, the same thing. And so to the listeners out there, uh, it's a totally different thing. It's a different concept. There's different nuances to it. And in St. Louis, there's what's called the St. Louis Collaborative Family Law Association, and there's a webpage um, that anybody could find uh, simply by typing St. Louis Collaborative Family Law Association in Google, and they can see that there's, uh, you know, there's lots of family law professionals in the St. Louis area that uh, practice collaborative family law. Now, collaborative family law, the way this works is, is husband and wife both have an attorney. If it's a divorce case, that attorney would be a trained collaborative family law attorney, uh, and the parties would then meet. So, husband and wife meet with the attorney. Uh, for husband and the attorney for wife, and, and it's kind of the same idea for mediation in this regard is that most of the time it takes multiple sessions, it takes multiple meetings of negotiation and back and forth uh, to try to reach a resolution. While it would be a great thing if parties could just meet one time and, and end the case, in a lot of cases that is not true. Um, and then the other key difference is this, is uh, versus having a mediator in the room, what the parties uh, typically have is what's called a divorce coach in there, now, there's what's called the one-divorce-coach model or the two-divorce-coach model, but the divorce coach uh, typically uh, has a therapeutic background, and their goal is try to uh, work with the parties to ensure they're uh, in an even place where settlement can be reached and where discussion be constructive uh, and helpful to the parties' uh, attempts to potentially resolve the case. And again, the divorce coach... Uh, there's two the, the two different models, the one coach or the two coach. And so in a one coach model, the divorce coach would assist both the husband and the wife. And and then in the two coach model, uh, each party would have a divorce coach individually to assist them uh, with their emotional needs uh, throughout the process. Uh, other, um, other helpful professionals are part of the collaborative divorce process in most cases as well. For example, a financial neutral can be employed as part of this process. So lots of folks have questions about financial aspects of the case. They have lots of questions, lots of concerns. Uh, tax consequences um, uh, could be one of those concerns. Valuation concerns can be another one. And the financial neutral's role is to assist the parties uh, in those endeavors uh, in, in order to reach a potential settlement of the case. So you have a financial neutral in some cases, and then in some cases a child custody professional can come in as well uh, to help the parties' concerns regarding custody of the children. So a child custody professional can come in if there's specific uh, concerns uh, in an individual case. They can come in and help the parties try to reach a resolution as well. So you know, versus mediation where the two parties meet a mediator alone in the collaborative process, 
um, you're looking at something uh, realistically more comprehensive. So both the parties have their attorneys in the room. You have a divorce coach or two divorce coaches in these cases. Uh, you can bring in a financial neutral. Uh, then you can have a child custody professional as well help the parties. And certainly in cases um, uh, where there's some assets involved, a financial neutral could be very helpful. And in cases where there's a lot of emotions, a divorce coach can help keep the people in an even place where they're both working together to try to resolve the case. And so uh, that's collaborative divorce. Here's the other key difference between collaborative divorce and mediation, which is in collaborative divorce, if the parties reach an agreement, uh, the attorneys uh, can file the divorce case, uh, and, and they could appear at a non-contested hearing. Um, uh, to, to resolve it, they could present the, the divorce paperwork with an affidavit if that's allowed in this particular case. And so unlike mediation, uh, the collaborative attorneys can actually appear in court to resolve the case so long as it's being settled in the collaborative process. Of course, if the collaborative process is not successful and it breaks down, um, then these attorneys are out of the case. And if the parties want to litigate, they have to get different attorneys to do that. But, again, a key difference is, unlike mediation, uh, the divorce uh, attorneys, the collaborative divorce attorneys that are employed to help husband and wife in the case can actually appear in court. And so versus three attorneys, you have two attorneys. Of course, in addition to the two attorneys, um, you have a divorce coach, uh, potentially a financial neutral, and potentially a child custody a professional as well. Now, lots of folks look at this process and go, wow, theoretically, two attorneys, uh, three uh, professionals helping, uh, that could potentially be expensive. Well, in some cases, that might be true, but on the other hand, if the parties are able to reach a resolution in the collaborative process, um, uh, it might actually save them more money uh, by going through the process that way. Additionally, versus having a court file full of pleadings, um, at that courthouse where theoretically unkind things are said about one thing or the other, uh, a key advantage to collaborative divorce is that uh, you don't have those pleadings in a court file. And so if a party's looking for privacy, uh, they're looking uh, or worried that someday somebody gets their hands on the court paperwork or the court pleadings, um, you know, a key advantage of collaborative divorce is you're not going to have that court file littled, littered with nasty pleadings theoretically um, that maybe the kids would somehow get their hands on someday, uh, which could be damaging and hurtful. So that's another key key component to collaborative divorce, which can make it uh, make it extremely helpful some, for some parties. So again, this is the topic here today: mediation versus collaborative divorce. Hopefully, you all found it helpful. Again, as a follow-up, uh, you can go to familylawheadquarters.com, check out the article titled "Key Differences Between Mediation and Collaborative Divorce." Really interesting topic. Uh, very interesting for the folks out there who are interested in looking for creative ways to resolve the family law case. So thanks for tuning in to Family Law Talk with Stangy Law from today. Stay tuned for our next exciting episode coming up. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stangy. Visit StangyLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.